You're listening to RevOps FM with Justin Norris. If you're in marketing, AI made 2023 a lot of things. Exciting, scary, overwhelming, maybe all of the above. If I'm being honest, I've had some mixed feelings about AI myself, and I'll talk about why later in the episode. But I can tell you now what I don't think. I don't think AI is another one of our buzzwordy, flash-in-the-pan marketing trends that we can safely ignore because everyone will be talking about something different in six months. Even though, yes, it's overhyped, yes, it's buzzwordy, and yes, we are rooting it by slapping AI on every app's homepage, AI is still important. Let's say, for a second, you were a textile weaver on the eve of the Industrial Revolution. Your job is going to be fundamentally changed. What the rise of mechanization did for physical labor and what the rise of computers did for computational labor, AI is doing it now to creative and analytical labor. Some tasks will disappear, some jobs will disappear, and this will all take some time. But I think it's important for all marketers to become AI literate and start understanding it today. Now, there is no shortage of AI content out there, and I don't like to just add noise to the room, so why am I making this episode? Well, everyone is talking about how transformative AI is, but the information is still very piecemeal. There are tons of app-focused listicles or cool tricks for ChatGPT, but if you're like me, you don't have time to go looking for ways to put apps to work. You have business problems to solve. And I haven't yet seen anyone take a comprehensive look at the business of marketing, breaking it down into the fundamental jobs to be done and creating guidance for marketers on how they might incorporate AI into their daily work in each area, if that's even possible. So that's what I set out to do. And if you go to revops.fm forward slash AI, you can find an Airtable base I made. The main thing that makes it special, in my point of view, is that it starts with the marketing use cases rather than with tools and identifies where AI can help with each one. It then looks at some apps that can support each use case and provides an analysis of both the potential feasibility and the potential impact. Start with, there are 35 use cases and over 40 apps, and to be honest, I could have kept going, but I do have a day job. It's a V1, and I hope to keep it updated over time. So, I encourage you to go to revops.fm forward slash AI once the episode is done to look at it. But in this show, I'm going to give you the highlights. I'll summarize some key learnings, my points of view on where you should be using AI, and also where maybe not to use it, and talk about the use cases that have me most excited. By the way, I am assuming here that you have basic familiarity with what generative AI and large language models are and how they work. If you need a total 101 primer on these concepts, that's no problem. Just pause here and go check out the show notes. I'll include a link for you there. I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of today's episode, Knack. You know, I love marketing automation software, but let's be honest, the email and landing page builders are usually terrible. You can't make it nice without a developer, and marketers are going to find a way to break things or go off brand. You do not have time for that. So Knack is totally different. You set the guidelines and then give your users a building experience that's slick, modern, and beautiful. When they're done, everything goes to your map at the push of a button. And don't worry, it supports global teams, approval workflows, it's got your integrations. So head on over to revops.fm forward slash NAC, that's K-N-A-K, and get a special offer just for my listeners. Okay, let's dive in. 
Now, this first AI application is one I've seen relatively few people talk about, but it's actually the one that has me most excited, using AI to analyze unstructured text. I'm excited about this because of the potential impact. As marketers, we've become increasingly quantitative in our orientation over the last 10 years, but there is gold in the form of customer insights located inside our call transcripts, our interviews, social media posts. It's incredibly time-consuming, however, to analyze this data manually. Trust me, I've done it. It's repetitive work, it relies on pattern recognition, it's pretty boring. This is a perfect application for AI. Machines are just better at this, and they're less biased by proximity or by small samples. So, as an example of a specific use case in this area, how about processing your gong calls to extract things like common pain points, specific competitors mentioned, or answers to questions like, how did you hear about us? You could do this in a few ways. One way might be to export all the call transcripts from Gong or whatever other call recording software you're using, using that tool's API, and then having a developer run those transcripts through an LLM and summarizing the key insights. Alternatively, and probably the way I do it, is to create a workflow in a tool like Zapier or Workato to process those new calls as they occur. So these workflows could be triggered anytime a call matching your parameters is logged. The workflow would extract the transcript, send it to an AI model for processing, and then the resulting output can be fed into CRM or other database fields. This is something that's totally achievable today. I like this because it keeps the data accessible to CRM users, but it can also be aggregated and analyzed quantitatively in reports. Another use case for unstructured text analysis is document or video summarization. So for example, there's a tool called PandaChat. Let's you submit PDFs, documents, websites, even video or audio files, and then you can just ask it to summarize those assets for you using whatever prompts make sense for that purpose. Now, I don't think this replaces detailed reading or actually consuming the asset yourself, but it's a super useful research tool for when you want to quickly identify whether that resource has what you need and if it's worth exploring further. That's just a few of the potential use cases here. Moving on from the analysis of structured data, the second big bucket of applications for AI I'm interested in is analysis of structured or quantitative data, the kind of data we typically report on. It excites me for kind of similar reasons. Here's a few specific use cases, and a lot of these already have relatively mature solutions. You might even be doing some of them already. The first one is creating forecast projections. So I'm talking about business or sales or marketing forecasts. Humans are generally pretty terrible at this. Most companies, the forecast is almost always wrong. It's just a question of by how much, and often that number is a lot. But if we summarize all the inputs that go into a forecast, a machine can actually forecast pretty accurately. And a great example of an app that does this is Groblox. Side note, I actually interviewed their CEO, Tony Holbein, in episode nine, so you can learn more about it there. But one of the things that Groblox can do is continually track all your metrics down to the tiniest KPIs and continually calibrate a forecast based on your actual business performance. So even the most disciplined and rigorous human is going to have trouble managing all those inputs as efficiently, but for a machine, that's something it can totally do and produce a forecast that is much more reliable and much more consistently close to reality. A system like this can even act as an early warning system by detecting, for example, that the MQL to SQL conversion rate for hand raisers in your German market is 10% lower than expected this week and then indicating the projected impact on revenue two to three quarters down the road. That sort of thing is magic. And again, is a use case where machines are just going to do a better job, or will do a job that humans couldn't really do at all to that level of granularity. Let's talk about reporting and analytics more generally. We've long employed analysts to help turn data into insights, and I don't think those jobs are going away. 
But a lot of that work is simultaneously easy for a machine because it involves some relatively straightforward trend or pattern recognition. And at the same time, it can be kind of intimidating for some business users. So this is a great place to bring in AI and present users with insights summarized in plain language. For example, rather than giving the user a report and requiring them to do 100% of the interpretation, AI can provide a text-based analysis or a data story to go along with it. Another use case is to actually generate the report based on a text prompt rather than requiring a user to know SQL or manipulate a reporting interface. So you can just say, show me the sales trend in this geography for the past 12 months and segment it by lead source. And it can just produce that for you. ThoughtSpot and Tableau are two BI tools that already incorporate these features today. And my friend Grant even has a startup called Moji that's creating these data stories with AI specifically for your Marketo emails. So something that's already happening. And I think this is pretty obviously the way of the future when it comes to data analysis. And what about paid media? If you work in Dimension, you probably already use AI in some way to optimize your ad spend. Most platforms have some sort of machine learning based goal setting that can allow you to optimize for specific outcomes in your bidding. There are also third-party platforms like Brightbid or Albert, and there's a few others that I've put in the Airtable base that do the same thing. Now, assuming these work as intended, this makes total sense. A computer can understand the millions of potential variables that affect an auction better than a person. So why not let AI do that work? And what you may not be doing is using these tools to actually generate new ad variants via AI. So new headline, new copy, and playing with those things to optimize your overall performance on that ad platform. That's a separate use case from the data analysis, but it's something that you can do in some of these platforms, even natively in Google Ads using their automatically created assets feature, for example. Last but not least in the area of data analysis, let's think about good old-fashioned lead scoring and account scoring. This is actually one of the original AI use cases for marketing, going all the way back to when it was called predictive scoring. There were tons of new startups doing it in the mid to late 2010s. And unlike traditional rules-based scoring, which uses static predefined values, predictive scoring uses more sophisticated machine learning models to, uh, well, predict which leads are most likely to buy. And there are vendors like Sixth Sense or Mad Kudu doing it today, and you might already be using one of them. So let's move on to the third big bucket of AI applications I want to talk about, which is visual media generation. So this is an interesting one for me, as I'm actually not a huge fan of generative AI when it comes to creative writing, and more on this in a few minutes. So why do I think imagery is different? Possibly because I can't draw. No, really, I think the main reason is that most imagery in B2B marketing is already pretty bad. Stock imagery is usually kind of lame, and it's hard to find something that's super relevant or that's personalized to a subject that you're working on. Now with AI, you can create imagery that is way more personalized and specific to your subject matter with a lot of fine-grained control and just continually revise that image to get almost exactly what you want. And it generally looks just as professional. I'm thinking here about feature images for blog posts, social media, even websites. The advances in AI image generators like Midjourney or Dolly over the past year have been pretty astounding, and they're only going to continue to get better. Now, I don't think these tools are ever going to create like truly original masterpieces of art, but that's not really what we're looking for in marketing. We just need images that look good, that are relevant, that are effective for the purpose, and I think AI can provide that in most cases, and usually at a lower cost than human illustrators. 
The far out thing is that going forward, the same advancements are going to apply to video as well. If you look at most of the, you know, what's ahead for 2024, AI newsletters and lists, AI generated video is usually the top of them all, at least the ones that I've read. I still think there's going to be a place for human produced feature videos and marquee pieces of content, but my expectation is that AI tools are going to eat up the commodity bottom end of this. And it's going to make video more accessible to use in places where we may not have used it at all before for cost reasons or for time reasons. So if you can spend 20k with an agency or a few hours with AI and get relatively similar results, it's going to be harder and harder to justify that spend. The last bucket of use cases I'm excited about is in the area of workflow automation. And this is in part because I'm just an automation geek in general, but when you add AI to automation, you see a huge expansion of what's possible versus just using predefined rules-based automation. For example, you may use an automation platform like Zapier, Ricardo, or Trey, and within those workflows, you can now include action steps that reference large language models like ChatGPT. You can even call ChatGPT from a marketing automation platform that supports outbound webhooks like Marketo. So this opens up a wide range of potential use cases to leverage AI in a completely automated way, rather than needing a human to interact with a chatbot and type prompts into that interface. So for example, within those workflows, you could generate customized email text based on a lead's attributes. You could cleanse lead data and feed it back to a source system. You could send an AI-generated custom alert to your internal team based on certain sales triggers. There's a lot of different use cases you could think about here. In addition to using AI inside your workflows, all the main workflow builders also offer the ability to generate those workflows themselves using AI via text prompts. So for example, you could log into Zapier and you can use a prompt like, create a workflow that's triggered whenever I have a new lead in Marketo with a source of partner and add it to such and such a Google Sheet. Now the challenge I have with these natural language workflow builders is that there does seem to be a last mile problem. So in my experiments using Zapier, the workflows were on point for simple requests, but often a bit wonky for more complicated ones. So it's not like you can just hand this over to a user that doesn't know how to use the system and let them at it. You still need a sophisticated builder to understand and debug the output, and it may or may not save you a ton of time. That being said, even if this is still half-baked today, it won't be long, I suspect, until they're more mature and are able to produce more reliable outputs. Here's another completely different example of workflow automation applied to the domain of media production. So you can use AI to do things like generate transcripts of audio and video, automatically clean up filler words like um and ah, shorten word gaps, process a longer file to produce shorter clips for social media that are automatically formatted for different platforms, and so on. So this is the kind of non-value added work that takes a lot of time and doesn't necessarily require a human's creative input. Again though, the challenge I found in practice is that a lot of the tech is still not fully baked. For example, in Descript, which I use as my podcast editing software, removing the filler words often results in clipping an adjacent word or producing an ugly transition, so it still requires manual cleanup. In practice, I still often find it's easier to just do the whole thing manually. Now this really sucks. I hope we get to a place where it's reliable 99% of the time because it will save me personally a lot of work, and I think inevitably we will get there. Last workflow use case, and one that's near to my heart, is documentation can be a real pain to document a system by hand, screenshotting each step, typing out instructions, and so on. With tools like Scribe, you can simply record your screen while executing a process. And it's going to automatically capture that process and then summarize it with both text and screenshot. I've used Scribe myself, and it was pretty magical. I still edited the output and cleaned it up, but what it did was get me 90% of the way there, and the result is something that's way clearer, and that's a delight for people to use.
So that's it for the use cases I'm really excited about. Obviously, there's so many more examples and apps I could have covered. Those are just some of the main ones that are top of mind for me, something that you might want to start thinking about as well. I now want to just touch lightly on an area where I haven't actually been that impressed with AI, where I'm not even sure ultimately how appropriate or beneficial it is to use. It relates to creative writing, and I'm being somewhat contrarian here, as this is where most people seem to get really excited about AI, and there are lots of popular apps focused just on this use case that people seem to really like. So maybe I'm missing the boat, but where I've experimented with it, and it is where I've experimented the most, I've really found that almost 100% of the output was not fit for purpose. Now, to be clear on what I mean, I think AI can do a fine job at producing transactional text, things like summaries, or anything where the clarity of communication is the main objective. But when we think of text that needs to persuade, needs to entertain, to educate, to build affinity, things like content marketing, longer form copywriting, social media posts, anything that really requires the spark and imagination of a human being, I just don't think it works. What I have found is that AI does a great job creating middle-of-the-road, conventional, generic-sounding content. So yeah, if you need to produce you know, commodity SEO articles and don't care about originality or how valuable the content actually is, maybe that's fine. What it can't do by its nature is produce novel, original, or unconventional points of view, something that goes beyond the status quo and actually advances the state of knowledge in that particular area. However, that ability, the ability to do that, is what makes content actually worth reading. Now, I suppose you could provide your original points of view in bullet form and have AI do a first draft that you then finesse, and maybe this is going to save you some time. But for me as a writer, so much of the communication is also in how you choose to present your thoughts. The order, the word choice, that's what makes it you. That's what makes it who it is. And I don't want to outsource those decisions to AI. Ultimately, I feel like creative writing is a fundamentally human activity. Like, would you want to listen to this podcast if you were just hearing me read out an AI script that represented the average of the average of what everyone else was saying? What would be the point of that? So I have strong feelings here, and if you think I'm missing the boat, feel free to reach out and let me know why you disagree. Maybe I'll evolve. In conclusion, I want to leave you with one parting thought. I think in some ways we stand at the crossroads of two potential ways of relating to AI as a society, and I'll express them in terms of two popular works of fiction. For the positive vision, we have Star Trek, and like so many developments in technology, the Star Trek universe has really anticipated the rise of generative AI decades ago. If you're familiar with any of the series, Star Trek ships have massively powerful computers, and they can accept natural language prompts and produce almost anything, including lifelike 3D replicas of people and places via holographic generation. Now there's still risks to this technology, but for the most part in the shows, humans remain firmly in control. They treat the computer like what it is, a powerful tool that can amplify human capabilities and assist them in their tasks. Ultimately, it's something that makes them stronger, not weaker, I would argue. On the flip side of this, we have my personal favorite Pixar movie, WALL-E. And in this world, we have the autopilot of a spaceship on which a group of humans have escaped an environmentally ravaged planet Earth. The autopilot and the ship ecosystem handles their every need for that group of humans, leading them to become essentially adult babies, completely dependent consumers who no longer play an active role in managing their own destinies. So obviously it's pretty clear which vision of AI use I'd prefer, and I'm sure almost everyone listening would prefer the same in principle. But to me, the WALL-E example is a cautionary tale about outsourcing too much decision-making, too much creativity to the machine, and that's how I aim to apply it in my own day-to-day -day use. 
I'm going to wrap it up here, but just a reminder to go to revops.fm forward slash AI to see the full Airtable base of use cases. I would honestly love your thoughts and feedback, so please comment on the post and share if you agree, if you disagree, or anything in between. Thanks for listening.